This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. So Vision Sunday, we got to know what the vision of the church is. And people need to be clear in their minds what the vision of the church is all about. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And so we see here is that if people do not know what the vision of the church is, they will stumble and they will ask questions all the time. I'm not sure. Do we do it this way or that way? I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. But when people know the vision, they see it clearly and they know exactly what God wants them to do. And they are blessed because of that. D.L. Moody said this, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. You see, family, in our endeavors over the last couple of 39 years, and let me just at this time give, uh, uh, acknowledge our incredible leaders, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev, for being courageous, taking us on this journey to change and to take next steps into the, into the ministry and where we're going. I mean, this year we are celebrating 40 years of ministry. We are celebrating 40 years of ministry. Those guys with those raincoats are surely happy now. <laughs> and so we have missed certain things. And Apostle Theo is the first to have acknowledged to say we miss certain things and we need to change that. And as a church, we need to stick to our mandate. And the mandate is simply this. Lost people must be saved. We need to get people saved. Secondly, saved people must be pastored. And thirdly, pastored people need to be trained in the things of God. And lastly, those trained people need to be mobilized so that they can do the work of the ministry in the church. But we've missed that vision. And we've, on not on everyone, but on some of them, we started to miss it completely. And others, we, it's been tainted. And, and, and others, it's, it's like we don't care anymore. And I say that with the greatest respect to us as a church. We need to care more. Because that's really what it's all about. And Jesus set the vision in place for us already years and years ago, over 2,000 years ago. And so I want to remind us that Vision Sunday is all about God's vision. The apostle and Dr. Bevel hearing the voice of God in this, uh, this regard and, and mobilizing us, getting us to take our next steps going forward. And so let me read you the vision as Jesus has put it forward. And I'm going to read this version from Isaiah 61. But Jesus spoke about this in the, apostle, in the epistles. But let me give it to you in Isaiah 61 as the prophet is prophesying it. Jesus then when he reads this from the, sc the scroll of Isaiah says, Today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And I believe today this has been fulfilled. This vision has to be fulfilled in our hearing. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of, of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, 
They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generation, generations. That is God's vision for us. There is a mouthful in there. I can list at least 10 things in there that we are supposed to do as the church. And Jesus is saying, today that scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Meaning today, that is the vision that I'm sending forth to the church. This is the things that we have to do. If we do this, we are truly Christians. And so let me summarize it by giving you four major points out of the scripture in Isaiah 61. First of all, Jesus says that we are to proclaim the good news. How many of you are glad that you are saved and born again? Amen. I'm, I, I am glad. I truly, I mean, this year in January, the 10th, which is next weekend, my wife and I will be celebrating 20 years of being saved and born again. 20 years. Amen. And I remember it like yesterday, and I promise you, family, where I used to be and where I'm at now, I'm so grateful for God's grace upon my life. So we need to proclaim the good news because someone is waiting for their encounter with God. Don't say, yes, but the people at work is making it difficult for me. This one is making it difficult. No, you proclaim the good news of God. Amen. You carry it. Just give them your testimony. You don't have to be spooky spiritual. Don't bombard them with 50 scriptures. Just be a friend. Just tell them. Let me tell you what happened in my life. This happened. In, and how did it happen? Well, let me tell you. Do you really want to know? Are you sure you want to know? Yes, I want to know. Well, this happened. Just be real. Tell them the good news. Number two, we are to bind up the brokenhearted. I said it this morning, and, this, and it deserves definitely another mention. There are so many people that are brokenhearted. Even sitting here tonight in church. It's people on the outside of church. It doesn't even come to church. People are brokenhearted. Starting a new year, but, but maybe relationships has been ruined. Maybe divorce set in over this time. Supposed to be a time of celebration and being joyous and resting and comforting. And yet people are stressed out and are brokenhearted. And so we find even in the church today that some of our leadership of our members are brokenhearted. And we are to be there for you. But not just Pastor Johnny, not just the management team, not just the staff, not just the leaders. Each and every one of us are to be there for one another so that we can bind up the brokenhearted. And all you need to do sometimes is just to be there, a ear to listen. An arm to rest on the shoulder and just a hug. It's amazing what just simple touch can do for someone. Bind up the brokenhearted. That is our mandate. Let us find the people in the church. Don't when you see somebody sad and maybe crying, say, oh, I'm going to miss that one. I'm going. Go. Help them. Pastor Johnny, I haven't got time. Go and help them. Thirdly, bestow on them beauty instead of ashes. A lot of people find themselves literally in the ashes of their life. Things are burned down around them. Their life is in, in tatters, completely destroyed, and they feel like everything is just burned down. They feel like, how can I rise up from the ashes again? I've, I've failed so many times in so many areas of my life. So many things that I've attempted, I never succeed in it. It feels like I'm just in the ashes. I never get out of the ashes. And so now, all of a sudden, people are starting to label me the ashes person, the person that can't succeed, the person that's always this, the person that was that, the person that is this. And we, get, uh, we always in ashes. 
And we are, as a church, are to love each and every one. Because if Christ has forgiven them, if Christ has given them a second chance, then why don't we give them a second chance? Why don't you bestow on them beauty instead of ashes? Amen, family? So number four, we are then to rebuild others. They, once they are restored, then we are to take them so that they can rebuild other people as well. Our job is really to rebuild others so that they can become strong and confident in the Lord with the word of God inside of them so that they can go out and preach the word of God. They can proclaim the good news. They can bind up the broken hearted. They can bestow beauty instead of ashes. And they once again can rebuild others so that they can rebuild others. And so in Mark 16, Jesus says, and he said to them, talking about the great commission here really, what is it that we're supposed to do? What do we have to do? He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. We see from this portion of scripture... We know now what we're supposed to do. We see now the instruction in the Great Commission and in the vision of Jesus. But he says to, we need to preach. Preach the word. You don't need a Bible to preach. It's good to have one. But just preach. But sometimes your lifestyle preaches louder than the words. Amen? And so we need to be the example. Secondly, we need to pastor. Pastor Johnny, but I don't have a pastor badge. That's why I can't pastor. You don't need a pastor badge to pastor. I promise you. All you need to do is four things. Can you encourage somebody? Can you give them a scripture if they, if they have a need? Can you pray for them? And can you tell them what is their next step? How can they get over this? How can they take it to the next step and recover from this? If you can do that, you can pastor. You can pastor. And in our new model, we want each and every person of the congregation, really, especially in groups, to be the pastor to the people. Because that's where life change happens, in small groups. I'll talk about that now. Then thirdly, we want you to be a disciple or a disciple maker. Be a disciple. Follow the word of God. Follow the principles of the word of God. Live according to the principles. Make other disciples. And then lastly, send people so that they can start the cycle all over again. Send them out into the world to proclaim the good news. You see, in the years gone by, we used to we have a lot of plays in the church. And that became our outreach evangelistic tool. And we believed it. But we attracted the wrong people. We attracted other churches people here. We don't want other churches people here. We want the unsaved, the unchurched to come to church. Amen, family? We don't want Maranatha's people. They must stay at their church. And if you're here for Maranatha, sorry, because I know you don't have an evening service, but just say. <laughs> so, yes, we have new values. We speak and live a different language that changes our behavior. We have a program where we can live out our values and achieve our goals together. So we have values and we have programs. The values speaks to the programs. The programs fulfill the values. The values and the programs will not operate on itself. It needs us. It needs you to believe in it, to embrace it, and to run with it. The values in itself can do nothing. 
So tonight, let me give you the four values and the four programs that we need to follow. Number one, we are to know God. The first value is know God. In other words, I need to connect with God and I need to connect with people. Look what the word says here in Matthew 7. It says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, family, I need to have a deep relationship with God. I need to know God intimately. I need to pray. I need to read my word every day. On this app, there's a beautiful reading plan. Every day you can go onto the app and you can follow the reading plan there every day. We help to make it easy for you. But you've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to know who he is. At one stage last year, we had people that were serving four services out of four, but not once sitting in the church. That's a problem. We're grateful that they, they're volunteering all four services, but they're not getting the word. And it is important for us that each and every member must get the word, but also serve in the church. So we call it worship one and serve one. And that is our attitude going forward because we want to build you up spiritually so that you can be a blessing when you serve. Does it make sense, family? Amen. So know God is the first value. The program that we're in, uh, introducing with that is we create weekend worship experiences that both the unchurched and the church people love to attend. So whether they're church or unchurched, they just love to attend it. It's not like who's speaking. The days of who's speaking is over. We must come to church because we love the worship experience. Because we want to bring our friends because there's a great worship experience. Amen? Secondly, is that because reaching the lost is the biblical mandate. God gave us the great commission. We are to find the lost and bring them into the church. Thirdly, because heaven and hell are realities. As long as heaven and hell exists, we have a job to preach the gospel of God. Number four, because inviting unchurched people to life-giving church services is one of the most effective methods to witness to people. You see, family, you do not have to convict them. You just got to bring them in a worship environment where the church and the unchurched loves to be. And then when they hear, let the Spirit of God work upon their heart. Amen? Let the Spirit of God then work upon their heart. The second value is find freedom. Find freedom. James 5 verse 16, the Bible says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It's amazing to know that unconfessed sin or unconfessed issues or issues that has not been dealt with or forgiveness has not been given makes you sick on the inside. And we need to get to a place where we can find freedom. So let me illustrate it this way, that there are people that are in bondage about things that have happened in their lives and they are not free and now you want to lead a group but you are not free in that area and i if i'm a member of your group i need you to be free <laughs> i don't want you to talk about your divorce every week <laughs> i don't want to talk to you about how bad those other people are every week come on i have enough negativity at work can i get a bit of positivity here tonight and so we find that sometimes some of our leaders, some of our members are not free and they need freedom. And we created freedom groups where if you have a challenge, whether it's something terrible to something small or overcoming a problem or, or not dealing with the death of a loved one and this is holding you back in your life, 
I mean, it's maybe 10 years late and you still have not emptied out your spouse's cupboard. There's a problem there. And so we can help you with that. And so maybe you go to a freedom group, one or two sessions, very confidential, and then we bring you back and you are then effective in leading groups or in the dream team or serving whatever it is that you, that you need to make a difference, whatever area it is that you're going to make a difference in. So we will create. So here's the, here's the program for finding freedom. We will create small groups where people can experience community, find freedom, and take next steps. We have, we're starting groups that are called free market groups and freedom groups. So we've realized as a church, naively so, we've always said, no, our members, they don't sin. Thank you. But we realize we have challenges. And if we don't deal with it, we don't want to deal with it. No, 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 we're not going to deal with it. No, we're not going to deal with it. If we don't, we're just going to pretend it's not there. But meantime, it's a big problem. And so we need to deal with it. And we don't have the mechanisms to help you to get through that. It's far better to help you to go through it. We're not going to judge you because I want to bestow beauty upon ashes. Amen? We want to help you. Because then I'm caring for you as the church should in Jesus' name. Amen, family? So we create small groups. Number two, the programmers, because small groups are the biblical model. We see that from Jethro to through to Jesus. Number three, because life change happens in relationships. Life change, I love that. Life change happens in relationships. You see, when men get together, let's say two or three buddies get together, I mean, they can tell one another, maybe, no, that's not a good example. When two or three women get together, I mean, they tell one another everything. I mean, just a nail technician or cutting hair. It's like a psychologist, hair metologist, I don't know, all the kinds of metologists, you know. I mean, they tell one another everything. We as men will say, what? You're sharing so much. But that's why, because there's a relationship. You see, there's a relationship. And with your friends, you, you share things and you ask for advice because you have a relationship. So in small groups, it's not just about the group. The group is the structure, but we really want you to have relationships. So I've started a group. Um, I've started a running group as I've been retraining again after my operation for the last two months now. And I've joined a club where I'm, I'm, I'm running with these, uh, with these people. And uh, they don't know they're in my group yet. Okay, they are going to, one of these days, they're going to be coming to church. All I'm doing for the next two months thus far, I'm listening. When they ask me what you do, I'm trying to be so vague. I'm just saying, no, I'll tell you later. I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I'll tell you later, you know, <laughs> because I don't want to, the minute I say I'm a pastor, oh, there goes the group that way. All of a sudden, they start being nice around me. I don't want that. <laughs> I want them to be real with me. I want to hear where I can bind up the brokenhearted. I want to hear where I can bestow beauty upon ashes. And so I'm listening. I'm listening, just listening. So they've given up on me because I don't talk much. They ask me, you don't say much. I said, mm. <laughs> Life change happens in relationships. And that's what our groups must be all about. When you have a challenge that you can speak to your group leader. And because you have a relationship... I want to say this to you. The groups must function in this way. That even if, you, if there's no event going on, any of the groups are not running on a whatever day, 
that you're still in church, that you're still meeting at Mug and Bean. And, and that's a nice thing. You can meet anywhere, anytime, anyplace for one hour. Because some of the groups, they used to go on for three hours. Come on, you know. I've been in those groups. Midnight we get home. I can't believe it. Yesterday, that was a long group. Huh? But now we're saying, we understand that you have time constraints, limitations, children, things to do, other things to do. Uh, you know, and so we understand. So meet whenever you want, whatever day. It doesn't have to be on a Wednesday, all right? As long as it's in the week. And meet for one hour. And build relationships with people where it, say, where it says, I'm here for you. We're even going to help with life skills, for example, on, on how to budget properly, how to, 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 to plan financially. You'll be amazed how many people find themselves in debt because they don't know. They earn, say, 10,000 rand. How much must I pay on my car? 8,000 rand? You know, there's something wrong. Some of you might say, no, that sounds about right. No, no. You need the financial groups. We'll help you with that as well. Okay? No, we need to, there's proportions, and we need to know how to budget well so that we don't fall into trouble. Amen? So life change happens in relationships, which is in a group form. And then number four, because people need to be known. Yes, we proclaim to be a big church. We proclaim to be a large church. We want to be a large church. And many people might feel, but I don't, I just feel like a number here, like a face. Nobody knows me. But you can be known in your group where relationship happens. And that's what we want to do. Number three, we want you to discover purpose. We want you to discover purpose. In Romans 12, it says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So God has put a spiritual gift inside of you that can help you discover your purpose. So that you will know what you were created for. There are two great days in your life. Number one, the day you got born again is a great day to celebrate. Apart from the fact that you physically got born as well. But it's a great day because you turn to Christ. But the second most important day is the day when you discover your purpose. You see, when you know what you're supposed to do, okay? I mean, it's like students, they go study. Let me not say to LLB or something like that. Four years later, they don't know what I'm going to do with this degree now, okay? So you need to discover your purpose, Hanukkah. So we're going to discover your purpose, amen? I'm only kidding. So here's the program. Discover purpose is the value. Here's the program. We create an easy, obvious, and effective growth track where people can discover their purpose. Number two, because every believer has a spiritual gift. Number three, because the main function of ministers, us as the church, the leaders, is to equip the church, you, to do ministry. You must do ministry. You cannot just be here. We need a connected church. We don't want an unconnected church. If you only come Easter, Christmas, New Year, then you're not connected to the church. You're unconnected. We'll care for you, but we are not going to reach out to you. We want you to reach out to us. We want, we want you to say, I want to be connected. That's why we give you the option. If you want us to reach out to you, fill in the card. I don't want you to fill it out and then we phone you and say, stop phoning me, stop phoning me. I don't want you to phone me. We don't want that. We're wasting our time. I want people that will say, I want, bring it on. Come on, phone me. How can I get involved? This is what I want to do. And this is everybody I'm seeing here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Because the main function of ministers is to equip the church to do ministry. And number four, because the discovery of purpose produces hope. Once you know what you're supposed to do, it produces hope in your heart. Number four, make a difference. I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. 
In Acts 20 verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me, for only my only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. What is the task that the Lord Jesus has given you? Each and every one of us, we've received a task, and we are to complete that task. And completing that task, we make a difference. We make a difference. So make a difference is the value. The program is we create an easy, obvious, and effective process where people can serve on the dream team. Because people ministering to other people and serving other people is the biblical model. Number three, because people need to be needed. Many people need to be needed. There are people that are sitting with a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge. I mean, we have so many doctors in this, in this auditorium here, medical doctors. I mean, just think of, 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 of what you can, can, can help or how you can help people. I'm not asking you how to diagnose people and to give prognosis and things like that. But just simple medical things. Just to help people along. And a doctor might feel, I don't know what I'm going to do in the church. You know, what, what, what is there for me? There's a lot you can do. Even to the person that says, but I've got no skills. But you know what? I know how to jump up and down. Can I train other people? You'll be amazed maybe how many other people want to jump up and down. And you'll be part of our dream team. And Nanaka is going to lead that effort as well. Okay? All right? So people need to be needed. I don't know about you, but it feels great when you're needed. Can you help me? Can you be of service to me? It feels great when you're needed. Because serving others meets the greatest need of the human heart. So let me close and summarize as follows. Vision Sunday is all about our success as a church in following the vision that Jesus Christ has given us. So success is defined as follows. is when people are moving on the spiritual journey that God has for them. That is when you're successful. If you are moving on the spiritual journey that God has for you. And we have introduced these four values and four programs to help you on your spiritual journey. To accomplish the task that Jesus has given you. Success, or sorry, we move people from lost to saved. We spoke about that in the beginning. By providing a weekend service where they can know God. We're not going to compromise on the word. We move people from saved to pastored by providing a small group where they can find freedom. And we move people from pastored to discipled by providing a growth track where they can discover purpose. And we move people from discipled to mobilized by providing a dream team where they can make a difference. Look what it says here in Mark uh, uh, 8. Then they came to Beth Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him so that he could see. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. In other words, his sight was not yet clear. He could see from blind, he could see, but it wasn't clear yet. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. And then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. This evening, I trust that when you perhaps came in here, you were blind as to what was happening in the church. You've seen some things, but you were not sure what is going on and how is this fitting together and how am I part of this or is this just something that the church is doing and I'm not going to be part of it. No, you're very much part of it. Without you, the connected church, we cannot do this.
Amen. And so I'm trusting that after, as I was speaking, perhaps you were seeing a little bit clearer. It wasn't yet 100% clear. But as I'm speaking right now, you can see clearly now. For the rain is gone. <laughs> so let me summarize. What is our value statement? Four values. Connect with God. Connect with people. Know God. Discover, belong, and grow. So we talk about connecting with God and people and to know God. We talk about discovering your gifts and your purpose to grow by joining the growth track. Belong to the family to find freedom. Meet anywhere, anytime in a group, but it's all about relationships. You can start any type of group. And then lastly, grow, say, and, and, and sorry, and make a difference. Grow, serve, and make a difference. So here's my question to you tonight as I start to conclude. What is your next step? What is your next step? And let me ask it this way. How many people's lives did you touch the last week? Not even today, not even yesterday, just the last week. How many people's lives did you touch? And how do I touch people's lives, Pastor Johnny? How many people did you just have a, a quality conversation with by having a cup of coffee with them? How many people's lives did you touch or change just by maybe helping somebody to, to pick up their groceries and put it into their boot? How many people did you maybe standing in the line there and somebody was maybe short of five bucks to pay for their groceries? Did you say, oh, come on, really? Did you not know you needed five bucks? How many of you would have just gone there and said, let me pay for your groceries? How many of you have touched the lives of people in the last seven days? You see, if you have touched people's lives, it gives you the opportunity to invite them to church. Remember what we spoke about on the 24th of November? Give them a little something extra to show them that God loves them. And so we do, do we at Christian Family Church. What a great way of you opening up a conversation with someone where you can invite them to church. And yes, you might give out 10 and one comes, but one soul is very precious to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, family. And so what is your next step? There are four programs, apart from the values, four programs where you can get involved in, in your next step. Number one, as I said, weekend services. If you say, Pastor Johnny, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how I must get involved. Here's your next step. Bring someone to church next weekend. Don't just invite somebody. I'm using the word bring. Because you, you dump them with a card and say, okay, I'll see you at church. Why don't you bring them? Why don't you bring them? If you've touched somebody's life, invite them. Bring them. Pick them up. And then let the Spirit of God work in their hearts. Or secondly, perhaps, if you... You've been maybe a member here for 39 years. We want each and every person to go through the growth track. If you have not gone through it, even if you're a member of the church, we want you to go through it again. Pastor Theo and, and, and Pastor Bev have done it. The, the staff has done it. We've all done it. And 500 of our leaders have all completed growth track already. And so we want to encourage you. Go through growth track. It's a great way of getting to know the church. You know, you'll be amazed. There might be people here that's been here for 30 years, and they might say, I still don't know how the church lacquer works. And all your, all your questions will be answered over the next four weeks at Growth Track. Growth Track is great because week one, this is week one, step one. Week two, step two. Week three, step three. Week four, step four. And then we start all over again. 
And so we're going to do it 12 times throughout the year. Every service in January, we're going to have a growth track directly after the service. In actual fact, tonight, directly after the service, if you want to join us on growth track, we've only got 200 seats in the, in the growth track center. If you want to join growth track tonight, we're making that available to you. So go there and join growth track. We're going to take one hour of your time. Just look at the time. It's still so early. Okay? So you will be home by 7 o'clock tonight. So join us on the growth track tonight. Or thirdly, the small groups. The small groups are starting from the 16th of January onwards. The group's director, Pastor Greg and Pastor Tracy, they'll be launching the groups uh, with you. But remember, it's about relationship. And we're going to start hundreds of new types of groups because we want to have relationship where the brokenhearted can be bound up and where beauty can be stowed instead of ashes. And then lastly, once you've gone through all four steps of the growth track, you're team ready. And I'm part of the dream team. I'm a dream teamer. So I'm part of the dream team. If you see anybody that's got this t-shirt on, they're team ready. Okay? And so if you have questions, ask. Anybody that's got a t-shirt on, ask them. And they will help you. And after four weeks, you can become part of the dream team. Join us. And we'll find a place where you can discover your purpose. Where you can live out your God-given purpose. Your task that God has given you. This morning already I took some selfies. I'm not going to do it again. I did that. There's, there's too many on Facebook now already. Okay. But I, wanna, I want to encourage you. Won't you take out your phone right now? Come on. Take out your camera. And I want you to take a picture. Maybe it's you and your neighbor. Take a picture of them. And say, this is my next step. I want to challenge you. The next step challenge. So it's hashtag my next step. Hashtag my next step. Take a picture of yourself or you and your friend or maybe somebody behind you. I don't know, whichever way, you, whatever you want to do. And then post it or send it to somebody and say, hey, my next step is I'm going to bring somebody. I'm going to join the growth track. I'm going to be part of groups and relationships. And I'm going to join the dream team, whatever it is. Or maybe you even say my next step is I'm starting to study next year. I'm planning to get married. That's great. We're going to even do all of those kind of things. We're going to have a great marriage conference in the middle of the year. A great conference. A great conference. And so there's so many things that we're going to do. Amen. So uh, have you taken your picture? Click, click. Come on, click, click. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready for the vision of this church? Do I have your support? Are we ready as a church to become the connected church, to step up to the next level, take the city by storm, Bind up the brokenhearted. Bestow beauty upon ashes. In the name of Jesus, if you're ready, then give the Lord a praise and a shout.